You fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I fucking hate you, David. I'm sorry, Nicole. <laughs> I was doing such a good job. You said she found a smelly sack <clears throat> in her room. How can I not say his name is Kristen Cole? Hello and welcome to It's Not TV. It's a podcast. I'm Nicole and along with me is David. Hello, hello. Welcome back to our very special format for season three. We are covering each episode of House of the Dragon on the pod as they air to correct the order of things. Spoiler warning. Please understand we will be talking about all the things for the episode that we're covering, as well as any that have aired previously. There will also be spoilers for Game of Thrones TV show, A Song of Ice and Fire books. If you do not want to know how easy it is to plan parenting in Westeros, consider yourself warned. That said, we will not be spoiling the ending of House of the Dragon, so if you want to know, go read Fire and Blood or your favorite Reddit. Thread. Episode four. King of the Narrow Sea. Did you like this episode? What'd you think? Just hot take. Hot take is it was it was a good episode. I liked it. You? I liked it. I felt like this one felt a little more natural. I think the last episode, there was two parallel stories it felt like, which was the two hunts. And then it was like, oh, by the way, there's this other thing. And then we kind of jumped to the Battle of the Stepstones. I felt this one was more cohesive, uh, less dragony. Yep. But more cohesive. And I like that. David likes his linear episodes. I did. I did. Because we stayed in one place linearly. When it ended, I was like, it felt short, even though it wasn't. Oh, it felt like, oh, I thought we were just in one, two scenes. Where's the next scene? So that was the only thing I was like, oh, it's over. Okay. You've been begging for a little more time, a little less time jump. So this has the least time jump yeah. of our episodes. It's it's six months to a year, give or take, between last episode and this episode. But you got we got to spend way more time. Did you feel like we got more character development this episode because of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I, I don't I still don't think I have the nuances of everyone, but I think we're we're getting there. Yeah, I did feel like characters are becoming more realized the longer we go and for good or for bad for liking those characters. Yeah. They're becoming at least the mains. Yeah. Yeah. They're becoming more fleshy, more flesh on them bones. Well, unless you're King Viserys. Oh, harsh. David, what is going on in this episode? Let's talk about the bachelorette on storm's end. David, I told you we're not covering the bachelorette one day. We will cover the Bachelorette Sans Dragons. But for now, we're in Storm's End. Uh, again, it's been about uh, six months to a year based on baby growth size uh, since our last episode. And uh, Rhaenyra is chilling with a Baratheon and Sir Kristen Cole. And and what's going on here, Nicole? What's what's happening here in Storm's End? Well, there's a line around the block. They must be selling the latest iPhone inside <laughs> or the hottest princess. And it's kind of... An embarrassing situation, this line of suitors taking their best shot at the princess. How do we think Rhaenyra's obviously fake marriage tour 
is impacting the Scorn Lords and their hosts. The Baratheon Lord looked pretty annoyed with her antics. I'm torn here. <laughs> You're torn on the tour? I'm torn on the tour. One, I, I, I understand the need for it, right? So when we, we, we've talked about this on multiple episodes, we kind of have to put ourselves into the realm of Game of Thrones so we don't look at it with such modern eyes. Um, so the princess kind of being married off is annoying and, and torturous for a young lady to go through. But here we are. I do see the absurdity of it. The first guy is like old enough to be her grandfather. She makes jokes about her age. Uh, the next one up is a teenager and she makes jokes about his age. So it seems like it's it's a clusterfuck of dudes, uh, none of which she's interested in. So I feel for her. This scene reminded me of that trope that you see in Bring It On, in Pitch Perfect, in all of these movies where they have like the worst people ever try out for the role. Like it's it's like the, the American Idol rejects. <laughs> I felt like that's what we were seeing. So it's like, oh, we see a guy old enough to be a grandpa. Oh, we see a kid who's like still hasn't hit puberty yet. That kid can kick ass. He can kick ass though. Yeah, he's he can fucking throw down. <laughs> so I, I feel like we were seeing that. But I got to imagine in that group of absurdity. There's some decent fellas. Again, maybe not great, but decent. Yeah. And I think he, the kid even says, I will protect you. I fucking believe you, bro. I believe you. Uh, yeah. That kid is a Blackwood. And the guy who's talking shit on him is a Bracken. These, these two families, historically, they're kind of like the Hatfields and the McCoys uh, throughout Fire and Blood. So they, they have this long rivalry. Is that like the like audience or there's like the scorn just like sitting there to watch the rest of them go? Like, what is that area where he was standing? Yeah. So I don't know if like Bracken dude already went or if he's right. just chilling there to make fun. <laughs> yeah. Like it's he's like the heckling area. She's out there giving out roses <laughs> and he's there just doing color commentary on the side. She was not giving out roses. No, she gives out her rose later on, but I don't want to get ahead. <gasps> uh but yeah, so those two families fight over the Riverlands. I think the show's doing a really good job of this, where they're giving little like winks to the audience, more so than I think the final few seasons of Game of Thrones did, especially. I feel like these writers and directors know that they have to make up for a little bit of the fast lore that happened in the last few seasons. So I feel like they're like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, a Bracken, you know, Blackwood killed a Bracken. You guys love that shit. And I eat it up. I eat it up with a spoon. Yeah. I think it's really funny that when Otto gets all armored up with the Kingsguard, heads out to get the stolen egg from Damon, Rhaenyra flies in on a dragon. No one gets hurt. No one gets killed. But line up to propose to the princess? You're going to get yourself stabbed in your stomach. Oof. Yeah. I got to think... Like, if I lived in Westeros, would I likely be killed on a battlefield fighting a dragon? No, I could see myself getting, like, shanked at prom. That makes more sense to me. <laughs> so you're a Blackwood, is what you're saying. I, yeah, I would I would get you. Could you imagine his family going back? And they're like, hey, the Blackwood died. And they're like, we're at peace. And they're like, yeah, he got killed on a date. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, when they were all sending parchment to King Viserys, it was fine. Like, no one cares that you don't respond to their text. But they're showing up to the fucking date. Showing up. And she's like, no, thanks. <laughs> like, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> no. And I think when the old guy was hyping and she was making fun of him and she's like, 
yeah, well, you know, how old ago was that or how long ago was that? Like she's taking digs in them with her funny. But the poor kid, the Blackwood, like I felt he was very earnest. Yeah. And I feel like she was still a total bitch to him. Like she could have been a lot nicer to him. And he wasn't like there willingly. It's not like they were in third grade together and he sat behind her and just like lusted for her. He was ordered to be there by someone in his yeah, house. Yes. You know, it's not like they're all just <laughs> doing their duty for the realm. So it's a little sad to see. Yeah. But it was good that he got he got one up on the other guy, even if it starts a, a mini civil war. But I want to talk about why this particular young lady is avoiding locking it down. Later in the episode, she tells Damon, for women, it's like a death sentence. Yeah. And yeah. my mother was raised to produce heirs until it killed her. She hasn't had a mother in her budding years, and her last conversation with her mother was about her duty to live and die strengthening the line. Yeah. Her father, for many of these past episodes, he's claimed he's going to be better to her and improve in communications, and that of all the people in this castle, they should be able to speak to each other plainly. But each time he is expected to see change in her, he has failed to make an effort b- based on what we're seeing. Yeah, he yeah. comes in strong with the woulda, coulda, shoulda, I'm going to be better. And then we fast forward however much amount of time and he's apologizing again to some degree. So he expects her to know her great place in the realm, but to also be quiet <laughs> and not teach her and not groom her. Yeah, I feel like Viserys is sympathetic to her in that he understands it's a pain in the ass because he knows it. He said it last episode, like even he's not above duty and tradition. So I feel like he gets her. Yeah. But I think you're right. He's not doing a good job of helping her. He's just like, yeah, sucks to be us, bro. She doesn't have a mom. She doesn't have a dad. Show her. Yeah. Show her how to rule. Show her how to grow up and what's expected of you. Don't just ignore me for three years and then tell me I'm not doing it right. I think we've all been here in real life where we we're having a bad day mm-hmm. and we hear someone else saying they're having a bad day. It's like, motherfucker. Just, yeah, <laughs> it sucks. I can't help you right now. But he's the king and he's her father. So he should be trying to find a way. Yeah. To, to, to reach out across the aisle, so to speak, because. I get it. I'm I'm sympathetic to the the duties and traditions that he has to do. I'm sympathetic to the duties and traditions that Rhaenyra has to do. But I do feel like he's acting. She's acting out because of it. And I feel like he's kind of doing the same. Like they're both, you know, they're both rebelling against duty and tradition. Yeah. And he's just mad that she's not that she's not taking it, taking it on the chin like he is. It's like, well, yeah, but you're her father. Like you should find (laughs) a way to make this work. I agree. Be there for your daughter, King Viserys. One. Do you think if Queen Emma had lived that King Viserys and Princess Rhaenyra's relationship would have would have healed, would have been better? Does she, does she have any boys <laughs> in this scenario? <laughs> if that affects it, include that in your answer. Yeah, I, I think I, that affects so it. I think you're right. <laughs> I think I think if he had. So he's he's a man obsessed with with becoming this prophetic dreamer. Yeah. So I think that if his male heir showed itself that he would be able to engage with Rhaenyra. Okay. Without looking at her and thinking and being reminded constantly of his disappointment. 
And sometimes, King Viserys, you just have a dream. And it just happens. <laughs> it's just a dream. Well, when, when he says to her, you are my political headache, I think you're right, Nicole. He doesn't look at her as a daughter. He looks at her as she's a political headache who happens to be his daughter, as opposed to being his daughter who happens to be a political headache. I think you're right. His dreams and his obsession with the future of the line is above his familial concern. Yeah. He's constantly using apology as a salve instead of getting down to the symptoms and figuring why it's being, oh, yeah. it's going on at all. If only he could slap those apologies on his back. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor King Viserys' skin. We just rip it the whole yeah. episode. Well, us and the throne, right? Um <laughs> <laughs> So Damon shows back up as mm -hmm. the king of the narrow sea. Oh, does he? He's been crowned even before he kneels. What I found really interesting was how the king's guard reacts, where they draw swords as he approaches. And the the head of the king's guard actually like points the sword tip and, and has it on on Damon's chest. They were ready to throw down, it looks like, like if Damon got mouthy, but Damon didn't get mouthy. <laughs> he handed over the crown and he knelt before his king. And then like Viserys is like, yeah, what's up, bro? And they hug and everything's cool. Do you think Viserys was really happy to see Damon or is this like a political move to make himself look like, oh, the hero's back and I was part of this? What do you think was in that hug? Do you think it was? honest. I think that King Viserys knows what to expect from Damon. Mm -hmm. So he can trust Damon to be Damon. And he cannot trust many, yeah, if any, people in true. the realm. So I do think he was happy to see his brother because it's a familiar deceit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a familiar deceit. I, I think you're right. I What's really interesting there is even when Damon steps out of line later in this episode, Viserys doesn't seem surprised. It seems like, yep, no, this is exactly what I expected. And this sucks and yeah. you can't hang out anymore. But surprise was not one of the things, one of the emotions he felt. No, he wasn't surprised at all. In fact, I don't think he was surprised by many things in Otto's recount of their alleged evening. So we're going to talk about Damon and what Rhaenyra did on their adventurous evening in a second. Prior to that, or maybe because of that, why do you think Damon came back? Like legit, why is he back? Is it just to try and fuck his niece? Is it to make amends with his brother? Uh, no. I mean, I think he's trying to get attention. I think he is trying to piss off his brother. I think he's trying to get attention from his brother that he like is used to he's used to mm -hmm. bad intent he's used to attention for being bad yeah i think i'm gonna do a deep cut with you nicole and i hope i don't lose our audience damon is the terrell owens to westeros's philadelphia eagles damon is a phenomenal fighter murderer killer whatever he's up to at any given moment but he's formidable but he's a headache and i think when brought to his attention that he's a headache he acts out more and I feel like that's what Damon is doing when he's running around the brothels with Rhaenyra is 
He's making sure he's seen. He at one point removes both their hats. So their white hair is flowing. He's calling out the bluff and he's saying, if I'm such a fucking troublemaker, then let me make trouble. Yeah. But what Viserys has to deal with is the same thing that Donovan McNabb and the Eagles had to deal with, where which is we all agree you're a pain in the ass. Are you worth it, though? And Viserys in this moment in this episode decides no. No Philadelphia Eagles talk in this house, David. <sighs> Listen, the Lions had to lose to somebody. It just so happened the Eagles were there. Ultimately, is Demon, Demon trying to be the king? I don't think so. Do you? I think there isn't. <sighs> I think he's just trying to punish the king because he's not going to be the king. I don't think he's doing it to become king. He's just acting out irrationally. I'm going to talk a little bit about this when I talk about Rhaenyra and, and her motivations later. Okay. But okay. I, I think Fair. but what I think is important here is I I think it can be yes end. I think Damon can see that being closer to the crown is beneficial for him and his story and his legacy. He doesn't gain much like going to the Erie helps him none. Going to the Vale helps him none. Going to battle, being around court, having his name thrown around does help. It's kind of the any press is good press. So is it Damon's goal to come back and scheme to be king? I don't know. Does it hurt him to be have his name thrown around with the king and to be mentioned in court? No, it doesn't hurt him. So I say no, not primarily. But does it hurt him to be in good standing with the king is the way that I, I think about it. And I think the same way about Otto, like. Don't you want to keep these troublemakers closer to you, not have them off spawned, like <laughs> given more fuel to their fire? I don't know. I would say yes, but there is a line that Damon crosses. Yeah. Anybody else would have been beheaded, treason, never been allowed back. And he's got to do something. I think you're right, though. I think it would be best for Viserys to keep an eye on Damon. But I think he hits a point where he's like, fuck, even I can't stop this. Like, you just you need to go. Yeah. And so the line that he crosses is an interesting one because it whether it's planned this way or not, it's an adventure. And so what does Damon get up to here? So Rhaenyra finds a particularly smelly sack in her bedroom <laughs> that has a page disguise <laughs> and a map to a secret passageway behind her bed, which seems to be a way in and out. But OK. She ends up meeting Damon and the two sneak into Flea Bottom to see some fire magic, fortune tellers, a play making fun of the succession crisis, and of course, lots of sex and other things happening in a brothel. Damon leans into his Targaryen uncle duties and Rhaenyra is really into it. They end up on the brink of closing the deal and Damon slams his hand on the wall and takes her hat and runs away. Which helps a local spy child ID her when she flees the brothel. So if we're Rhaenyra, what do we think Damon is up to? So I, I could read taking the uncle part out of it. The fact that he's an older suitor. I could read that being like, let me introduce you to pleasure and sex that isn't about just making an error, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think the exposure to the pleasure house was important. Not that I would condone this, but the lesson about the people of the king, starting with the lesson about the people of the kingdom and the importance of their perception, the exposure to sex as pleasure. She told him earlier, 
my exposure to sex is I need to make babies, but he's he's showing her an experience of sex that isn't about making human beings. Do you think he's come for her to bang or do you think he's come for her for more? Does he want to bed her end? I think she wants and hopes that he is there for her also. The first time that we see them see each other, he sneaks into King's Landing, into the castle and finds her and gives her a necklace of Valerian steel. I think he's come for her to play her as a pawn. Okay, so that's my question: to play her as a pawn, or because he's yeah. so yeah. So, and you're you're thinking he wants to bed her and use her. I think he wants to bed her to sully her. Mm. And if you even think about it, he might even in his mind think that he is helping her because then she doesn't have to worry about all these other suitors. He solved her problem. If they marry, if they marry, right? I wonder if. He goes too far, though, and breaks her. So what I mean by that is on one end, you have this and we'll see more of this in a minute with Alicent. There is this your job is just to produce children. You're going to have like a loveless marriage and pleasureless sex and produce children. And it'll probably put your life at risk. The other end of the spectrum is let's go to a whorehouse and fuck your relative. I think there may be a middle ground somewhere of like. Can you experience pleasure without incest in a whorehouse that he may? Well, that's what I mean. Like if he was just trying to bed her, he that he there's a way in that tunnel. He got that sack in there somehow. (laughs) (laughs) No pun intended, but there was a way in. So if he wanted to have sex with Rhaenyra, he could have done that in her room. No problemo. But he took her to Flea Bottom. He took her to a brothel. There was a lesson there. I think he gave her a lot of things that she yearns for from her father and would have wanted from her mother being groomed to become the eventual queen of the realm. So Damon can't close the deal, though. And it doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like he purposely stopped like to fuck with her. It seemed like he was unable unable to continue, whether it be through morals or through his penis not working. That we can debate. But yeah, I don't think. And and what do you think on this, Nicole? I don't think he stopped as like part of his thing. Like, oh, I'm going to tease her. I think he stopped because he couldn't go through with it, I think, physically. But do you agree with that? Do you think that or do you think him stopping was part of that, his, his that deal? Is, that was my perception. I mean, I, I'm I'm a willing to entertain the fact that maybe he had a come to Jesus moment where he realized what he was doing was wrong. Based on the fact that with Masaria a couple episodes ago, he also had a hard time getting hard closing the deal. I think it was just coming right because they were like pumping. He was pumping and then he kind of lost. Yeah, he lost. his. So I think. Yeah. So it wasn't getting hard. It was closing the deal. Um, There's nothing wrong. I mean, if you have erectile dysfunction, it's all good. That's normal. That's fine. But (laughs) got a PSA here. We feel you out there, judgment, But but I I do think I do fully believe that based on the prior situation. That he was unable to get it up. And I I think that this is (laughs) this is definitely a part of a theory I have for a later storyline. So we'll get there. So Damon is left a little blue balled, but Rhaenyra is really fired up. And that kitty's got a scratch. So here's the thing. 
young girl, presumably her first time, completely rejected. I'm going to go home and cry. I'm going to go home and write in my journal. I'm not. I'm going to be curling up with Allison in bed, crying, telling her I feel like shit. What did I do wrong? Is it me? <laughs> did I smell? Were my boobs uneven? Like what? What <laughs> did I do wrong? Ladies with uneven boobs. We love you. Don't worry about it. Not Rhaenyra. <laughs> she gets back from her night out on the town and courses Christian Cole. And the two do an escape room puzzle to get out of his Kingsguard armor. <laughs> One, they end up having fun, passionate sex that for all we know could bring Westeros closer to a civil war. Yep. While on the other side of the wall, Alicent gets summoned in the middle of the night to be sex for King Viserys. <laughs> and it looks pretty miserable for her. She does, she does not enjoy it. Let's start with Rhaenyra. Was Kristen Cole coerced into having sex with her? Yes. This one's tough. It's rapey. Yeah, it it's the most consensual sex scene I've seen that is like sprinkled with with rapey salt. Like it's it's flavored. It's flavored with rape, like consensual sex now with rape flavor. <laughs> it's like the diet version of rape. What? Like tastes more like consensual sex than. <laughs> 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 The scene on its own is very consensual. I mean, they, they have a good time. Like I'm imagining the wrapper of this product. <laughs> now with real consent. I think that Rhaenyra was abusing her power. That's what it is. Yeah, it's abuse of power. Yeah. Did Kristen Cole look like he enjoyed it? Sure, obviously. But I think I, I to, to do the check. Right. I, I do the, the flip the sexes. And is it weird if you flip the sexes? If you flip the sexes and a prince went to one of the ladies in court and was like, yo, I'm horny. You got to bang me. We'd be like, yo, dude, that's not cool. So Rhaenyra doing it to her king's guard, who's get, he has vows. He took vows of chastity. If you guys are from unfamiliar with these vows, let me remind you. Jamie also took those yeah, vows. It's not a good sign to take these vows, gang. Uh, they're not the most strict. Uh, <laughs> these or the Night's Watch vows where it's, it's a soft yeah, vow. It, well, Kristen Cole wasn't soft during that. Um, <laughs> I think also can can I just point out to step back for a second it's weird watching a sex scene with a character who uh, who is the same actress who portrayed that character at like 13. Like, I know that the actress is in her 20s, <laughs> but three weeks ago, she was 13 on the show. And now she's in a sex scene with boobies and ass and everything. And I was like, Ugh. like, I know what they tried to make it. We didn't see her boobs, did we? Did we see her boobs? We saw everything but nipple, I think. So, yeah, with no nips, all boobs. Which is also my favorite hashtag. Hashtag no nips all boobs. <laughs> Literally the worst. Um, but I felt it reminded me of of Arya's nude scene in in the final season that I Gentry? Yeah. Sexy? We saw like a lot of side boob there. And like as far as I'm concerned, Arya will always be like 14. Oh. So okay. it was it's really weird because I think what happens is they tell you this actress is 13 and you know she's 19 or 20 or whatever she is. But you're like, OK, I'm with you. I will accept she's 13. And then two episodes later, like, here's titties. I'm like, oh, no, guys. 
Like we we all agreed she was 13. Let's not do that. Um, so I what that means though is I think when we talk about consent and when we talk about this scene and how it played, what I thought they were trying to do was show that this was a passionate love scene and they were contrasting it with uh, Allison's fuck scene, <laughs> right? With with the king, it wasn't love. It wasn't passionate. So what what I felt like they were trying to do, the directors and the showmakers, were trying to contrast, this is a passionate young girl having a love affair juxtaposed with another girl the same age who's stuck. But. Yeah. When a few scenes ago, Allison was complained to by Rhaenyra, like, could you imagine having to pick someone to marry? She's like, I would love to have been able to yeah. pick someone to marry. Yeah. And here she is. <laughs> Ugh. So, but I do think, I think those are the clear, like on paper, I think that if if you're the director and you're the writer of the show, that's the dichotomy you're trying to paint. But I do think that that scene with Kristen Cole, for me as a viewer, was tainted in two ways. One with the power move, because I do think Rhaenyra abused her power in that he moment. He said stop. He said stop to her. And then two, she's supposed to be a young person. So a passionate sex scene for me read more awkward, not because of any fault of the actress, not the fault of any, of Kristen yeah. Cole. I'm just like, she's supposed to, she was 13 last week. And I get that in the show, she is aged. Do you but. think because Allison was enjoying it less, you were able to, it was able to be less sexualized for you? Yeah. Because well, it was more yucky. You weren't like grossed out by it. Yeah, because I, I well, I think. Any more than you could be. Right. Yeah. I think <laughs> I was, I was, I think that's, that's it, Nicole. I was yucked out by both scenes. I think many, many, many people were not yucked out by yeah. that at all. Yeah. How did it, how did it read for um, you? And frankly, I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you for some things. It's a little harder for me to take the lens down. I can't explain why incest is very easy for me to take the lens down. I'm able mm. to see it for the TV show and accept it for its yeah. times. I'm not going to get with my siblings. I don't encourage others. I, I, whatever <laughs> but i didn't have any problem with damon and renera it didn't wow. even phase me or bother me but i think it's because i've accepted it as part of the lore like uh, as part of the world building i hope yeah I, <laughs> I hope that's why i think my brain can accept it plot wise and story wise but I think I know, uh, like, uh, like this sex yeah. scene is supposed to be a no, little sexy. Both scenes were, and I'm like, nah, Beth. Both scenes you're not were doing it for me. Very, very well done, but by all actors. Oh involved. yeah, everyone did a great job. But I do, I didn't walk away, and it, it, I, I think Twitter was pretty horny about the Kristen Cole, uh, Rhaenyra scene. <laughs> but I didn't walk away with that. I walked. I, I literally turned to my wife during it, and I was like, "Isn't she 13? Like, what the fuck are we doing here, team?" No. And she's not 13. She's 19, she's like but she was, that's the same girl 18. who played a 13 year old. Oh, 19. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that Kristen is going to be able to remain her loyal servant and protector after that? Oh, well, he was serving her. All right. Um, Jesus, David. I think it's going to create a rift because I, I imagine that she's going to get married very soon and no spoilers, no reading ahead into the books. Whatever they had will either be a dirty secret that he has to forever keep. Mm. If if he's if he's cool with it being a one time thing, then it's a dirty secret that he will be burdened with. And if he's not cool with it being a one time thing, that's going to be a problem when she has a husband soon. 
what about you? Do you think this is this is donezo for them? Do you think this is going to cause issues between them? Based on the scenes from the next, um, it doesn't look like he's hanging out with her anymore. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I think uh, I think it caused some problems. Yeah. Um. At least turned him off her service. It didn't look like he was without his armor. So I'm not really sure how it shook out, but it does look like he uh, is no longer on her service. Yeah. Don't shit where you eat, folks. She should have fucked somebody in the whorehouse that wasn't her uncle. That'd have been a lot a lot easier. Than, than dealing with this. Yeah, you're like fired from your job, at least, at the very least, if you don't have sex with her. You're also like killed if you yeah. do. So it's a really tough position to be in. Yeah. When we look at the other sex scene that was going on there, so this one you and I were, were uh, you and I saw this scene a little differently, but for the Allison scene of her and King Viserys, I think we, I think they wanted to show us, ugh, and I think they nailed it, right? What do you think that she's thinking under there? I mean, we've all <laughs> been Allison under King Viserys. We've <laughs> all not wanted to be somewhere. We've all, you know, not wanting to couple, but it's easier to just deal with it than like navigate rejection. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> but it's we've all been able to like disassociate. So in, in sexual situations and otherwise. So what do you think she felt? Was feel like what? Like obviously she was taking an elixir. She was having a hard time going to sleep. Oh like, yeah, I hmm. Allison is the person who has learned the most this season. She was a naive girl. Half a season. This half, yeah. So <laughs> far this season, Allison is the has learned the most so far this season. She started off as a naive girl who's like, oh, the king is so nice, and he plays with models, and I can be helpful to him in his time of need. To now giving shit to her dad about his plots to starting to convince the king about taking major actions like sending aid to his brother. She she comes after Rhaenyra when she finds out about this shit and she kind of pulls rank on her a little bit. So I think one, Allison, when she's under there, could just literally be like staring at the ceiling, looking at the fucking orgy paintings on the walls that they have there <laughs> in the in the room and just trying to disassociate. I also think that she's plotting I could see her now starting to think. Yeah, positioning, thinking. Yeah, like what solving, what can I be doing? For sol- what, solutions. How can I be handling mm-hmm. this better? Do you do you think she cuz I think we we both agreed 2 weeks ago that she had fallen for the king. Do you think she's still in love with the king? Yeah. Do you think Yes, okay. yes. Do you think she feels used by the king though? I think no. I don't think so. I don't think she feels used by the king. I think she may feel used by her father. Hmm. I got to say, it's a bold move, king or not. I think if I summoned my wife at three in the morning, the hour of the owl, and was like, yo, come and give me some, I think I'm getting rejected 99 times out of 100. (laughs) In this world, it's her duty. Yeah, I'm not telling that to my wife. <laughs> like, could she have sat up and just been like, tell him I'm asleep? No. So I don't think he's using her any more than any man uses a woman in this realm. I don't think he's using her as a pawn or I don't think he's using her for betterment or for power. I think he's just expecting her to be the queen and do what the queen does for the king. I think that they're all also in a better situation. He's not summoning a whore in the middle of the night. 
he wants his wife um which is kind of very very thinly sweet (laughs) in their lives um yeah but i don't think king viserys is using allison for sex you know what i mean i don't know a 3 a.m call to literally just show up duty to to serve her in this world it's her duty but he can also be using her to do it like so for example here right Rhaenyra's duty is to get fucking married ASAP and to produce children but we have sympathy for her plight and we feel like that her dad is using her as a political tool so when when Viserys is using his wife to produce more heirs for midnight sex it can be her but, duty to do it, but he can also be using her. It can be both. Hmm. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, and so I think the, the question is, is, is so I think we can both feel sympathy for Rhaenyra. And so like in this scene, it's comparing she's rebelling. Oh, I feel sympathy for her. Yeah. Because it's her. And I, I don't, I feel very bad for Allison. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that King Viserys is like Damon used Rhaenyra. I don't think that the king used Alicent. Certainly not as bad as David. I think, I think Otto you're, yeah, used yeah. Al- Alicent. I think Otto uses Alicent. I, think, that's I fair. think Otto uses many things. I just, I, yeah, I mean, is he using her? Yeah, he's using her the way a man uses a woman. Right. He's not, I see what you're saying. He's not, he's not using her as a political tool. He's not using her to, to be vengeful. He's in the boat of, hey, she's the right. queen. I get to fuck the queen. And that's. That's what I'm going to use her for. But yes. yeah, I, yeah, I think that makes, you're right. It is somewhat sweet <laughs> in a weird kind of way. Thinly. Thinly. Sweet. It's thinly sweet. Let's talk about some slander, some vile slander. The hot fucking goss. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is, we're going to sling some tea. Speak plainly. <laughs> I love coupling, quote unquote. It's the worst way to ever describe Come sex. Me. So what happens <laughs> is that Rhaenyra went on a jaunt through the brothels, uh, almost banged her uncle, and then went and banged Kristen Cole. And a lot of people saw her fucking roaming around. So a kid who works for the White Worm, uh, Masaria, he goes and feeds this information to Otto. So he's like one of like Varys's little birds. Uh, if we think of the Game of Thrones, he's like a little spy. Otto thinks about it very seriously. And then like fucking, you know, what? in that scene when he's standing at the door, like grunting and breathing, I was like, is he getting blown right now? <laughs> I was waiting for oh, them to zoom out. <laughs> no, Otto was so excited for the news that he whacked one off first. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> that's eyebrows are like on the roof. <laughs> no, take. I was I wanted no more sex scenes. I already saw the fucking Rhaenyra having sex. <laughs> And the fucking vile king. I was done with sex scenes for the night. So Otto, giddy like a schoolgirl, uh, goes running into to tell the king. And Alicent is still in the king's chambers. And Otto tells tells what happened. Thank you for saying that, David. She was in there with the king sleeping. She didn't sneak in. She didn't eavesdrop. She just fucking woke up, guys. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. She was there and she's allowed to listen. This concerns her. This concerns the kingdom and the realm. So Otto beats around the bush 
Uh, very similar to what Damon did the previous evening. But um, um, no good. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um, so Otto tries to tell King Viserys what went down and he's trying to tell it delicately. I read in this scene that Otto is doing a good job as if he doesn't want to tell this news. But I think we'd be foolish to think he's not excited to share this news. I think his the, he's trying to stop saying the end part because he doesn't fucking know what happened. Yeah. The other, the first two things he can prove, he can't prove the rest. So he was only, he was like, what? Are you not shocked by the first two pieces of news? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's All like, right. her going to the brothel and sneaking out should have been enough. Yeah. But it's not. And so he, he eventually tells the king that they were, they were coupling and they, the king is having none of this. He, uh, he does a great, like, uh, he's like, who told you this? Bring them to me and I will have their eyes. It's fucking awesome. Patty Constantine. Patty Constantine. You are a legend. MVP. So. Viserys has drunk Damon brought to him and draws his fucking knife on him. Cat's paw. The cat's paw. Asks him if it's true. Damon doesn't deny fucking her, which is weird because he didn't. He doesn't deny it. He didn't deny it last time either when no. he said air for a day. Did you say it? He didn't deny it then either. So there's something about Damon liking or accepting that people think the worst of him. Yes. And I don't know if that like plays into his legend or something. Yeah. 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 He's like, are you not going to deny it? And he's like, what's the point? Yeah, what's the I'm denying it? Yeah. What's the? But then he does offer to marry her. And he says basically like, oh, well, she's tainted now. Let me marry her. I'll take her in. Uh, and Viserys wants none of this bullshit. And so he he again sends away Damon. Back to the bronze, bitch. Back to the bronze, bitch. Back to the veil. So Viserys tells Damon that he has to leave. Uh, he's getting kicked out again. But that hasn't solved the actual problem that these rumors are now going around. So that solves Damon fucking his niece, uh, fucking his daughter. But it doesn't solve any of the other stuff. So meantime, we've still got Rhaenyra now trying to deal with the fallout here. And she ends up talking to Alicent. So in overhearing the conversation between the king and Otto... She summons and confronts Renera in the Godswood. Yes. And I just want to say they are really just filming whatever they can in the damn Godswood. <laughs> they must have really spent a lot of money on that set. <laughs> so Viserys mulls over what to do. Allison's with him. She tells him that she doesn't believe that Renera is deceitful. Damon full on believes the deceit is possible. So in a final conversation with Rhaenyra, King Viserys tells her it's time to stop with the BS, get married. You're marrying Laenor Valerian and sends up some plan BT to her room that evening. So when Allison confronts Rhaenyra in the Godswood, do you think that she's coming at her as a friend or the queen? I think she's queen mode here. I think she is the... Like, okay, bitch, get your shit together. Like, I get you're being a bratty teen, but I got to fuck the king every night with his boils. And, you know, we all got to we all got to get over our shit. You're ruining everything, I think, is is what she sort of comes yeah. at her with is that you're going to fuck this all up. You got to get your act together. Yep. I, 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 yeah, I think she comes as an authority figure here. I don't think she comes yeah. as a friend. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with that. I think it's definitely like a, a sibling, like a pissed off sibling, like you're ruining this for all of us. Um, but she comes on really strong with Rhaenyra. For me, I felt like that was a novice move. 
Um, because okay. it immediately put Rhaenyra into the defense. Yeah. Instead, instead of making her feel safe in the conversation, she's standing a little higher than her in the pathway. She, she definitely yes. takes on that queenly authority that you described. And I think that was the wrong move. I think she should have like come into her room in the evening and sat on the bed with her and kind of went like, Hey, what's going on? Do you need help? Do you think Rhaenyra lies to her in that moment? Because you're fucking it all up. Yeah. Rhaenyra lies to her too in that moment. Rhaenyra says that she swears on her mother that Damon never touched her. Of all the things in this show that happened, this particular episode, she's her swearing on her mother was the one that like got me right in the gut. Yeah. I I I jumped off the team Rhaenyra boat hard at that moment because it it didn't feel like a political move. It didn't feel like a a structured move. It felt like a person saying whatever it took to get out of trouble. That's what happens when you're on the defense. Yeah. Oh, David. to your point. Yeah. No. You flail. You flail. You throw everything out there in any kind of false cement that you can prop yourself up on. You're you're doing it. So you're saying Allison came in hot as queen. It seems like. So Otto had told Allison, like, you should be preparing for your son, you know, to be king. Allison said, no, Rhaenyra is is the heir. Allison seems to have defended Rhaenyra. She seems to try and befriend her. Yeah. Despite her coming in hot here, do you think she really cares about Rhaenyra still? I mean, she's avoided orders from Otto for seemingly years at this point um, defending Rhaenyra. I, I do think that. She cares about Rhaenyra. I do think that she misses having a friend in the palace. I think that if she's playing the game, she's doing it better than anyone else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I I think right now I'm not convinced that that is the case. I think that she is trying her best to be a good friend to Rhaenyra and honor what the king wishes. I mean, she's in love with the king. The king has made it clear time and time again with one very small falter in that wish that he wants Rhaenyra to be his heir and that he believes that's what makes it right. And I think her backing that is, is a good position for her to be in. If that backing is going to change, it would seem that she is doing everything that she can (laughs) to support that. Yeah. But I think Allison's smart enough to know that this could, with the support she's trying to give her, she's, she's letting her know this could fuck it all up. Yeah. And King Viserys says later when he's kind of lecturing Rhaenyra, he's not lecturing about having sex. He's not even lecturing about having sex with her uncle. He's kind of lecturing about her having sex with her uncle that people know about. Right. So and he says to her, it's it's not about what happened. It's about the perception. Do you think anyone in the realm cares about the truth here of what really happened? I honestly think the only people that care at all are the high lords and ladies. I don't think the people give a flying rat's ass Mm. what's going on. And I don't think that anyone would have found out about this if Otto didn't tell the king. So I think that uh, this is an Otto storm, in my opinion. But to answer the question, Allison says in her lecture to Rhaenyra that you Targaryens have queer customs. Mm. So while I believe that the Targaryens accept their behavior, their ancestral behavior, not all of the houses and all of the families in the realm accept that behavior. So I think that they would care. 
Yeah. Well, I, to that point, I think if you're if you're anti Damon or you're anti Rhaenyra, if you're anti female rule. Yeah. And you want to be pro Aegon, which at least the uh, the the Lannisters are. Yes. Great point. What better reason to put a stake in the ground than, well, I don't like her. Why not? Well, because she fucked her uncle. Hey, well, that's a good reason not to make her queen. Absolutely. I mean, that's, and the Maesters have long been anti-incest, uh, but they have this notable exception for the Targaryens uh, throughout history. Yeah. And that's something that the Hightowers are certainly aware of because the Maesters come from Old Town and that's where the Hightowers are from. So in, in Fire and Blood, there's a lot of like, how much do the high towers control the maesters? Yeah. And then so then ultimately how much influence do the yeah. high towers have on Targaryen marriage? Because they influence the maesters and the maesters are really the ones that have to approve or not approve these the sort of incest marriages. Yeah. And if they don't want Rhaenyra to be queen, it's very easy to say, no one's going to marry her now. So your line is dead in that direction. Yeah. That is a very clear reason not to have someone become the next ruler. If she can't strengthen the house by joining another family, by producing heirs cleanly, then they don't need to not like her or use any petty excuses to not make her heir. They, they've sealed it, signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah. It was also a very odd moment, Nicole, watching the show where I realized that uh, Westeros had better access to abortion than, than the United <laughs> States of America, which is really odd. Well, it's more like plan B, but yeah. 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 Plan Westeros. So what kind of spy network is Otto running? Do you think that Masaria is part of his web of lies? Did he plant her or are they were, have they been working together all along or did she turn against Damon when he lied about her being married and pregnant? And therefore endangering her life. Yes. I, I think when when they had that break, that moment uh, where where he lied about her, I think that's when she stopped sort of working with him. But mm -hmm. okay. I don't see her as working for Otto. I see her as working for herself. Yes, I and agree. And it benefited her this time to rat him out to Otto. A hundred percent. Absolutely. So Masari is kind of kind of acting like the the master of whispers here, it seems like, independently. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the master of whispers and, and how that role sort of works in Westeros. But before we do, she's feeding information to Otto. Otto uses that information to try to take Rhaenyra down a peg. And Rhaenyra tells her dad, I'll marry whoever the fuck you want me to. But Otto's got to go. And Nicole, what does the king do? He produces the most effective breakup scene I've ever I've ever watched. <laughs> Viserys tells Otto that even though the realm owes him a debt for all his service, even though he's the man who taught him how to rule, <laughs> he can no longer trust his judgment. He knows that he forced his daughter on him after Queen Emma died, and he's been trying to get his grandson on the throne since he was born. King Viserys tells Otto he can no longer trust his judgment and removes the hand of the kingpin from his lapel. It's not you, it's me, Otto, is essentially what he says. It was so good because he couldn't refute it. Like, what do you say back to that? 
It's he didn't throw a temper tantrum. He wasn't angry. He laid it all out and it was irrefutable. Unlike how everyone else has communicated these last few episodes, I thought that this was Viserys's best communication yet. He's been too short with people. He's been misleading with people. He's held back critical information. When he's talking to his daughter about getting married, he leaves out that it's her best friend. <laughs> he's very, very bad at comms. But he clearly articulated to Otto here. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, Otto, you're going to die because I feel like you betrayed me. And that could start a whole series of stuff, right? He has to play this delicately enough where Otto doesn't walk out of there thinking, oh, I got to have the king killed or I'm going to die. He does this. You're too self-serving now, Otto, but you've you've done great things for us. Yeah, I think he does a really good job of trying to teach Otto the best way of leaving the role. Like, here's how you can exit this with grace. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of the things in Game of Thrones, I think, is you have these meetings and there are sometimes things said in a meeting that when you leave the meeting, you know, you're going to get murdered. Or, you know, you have to murder someone else. <laughs> what kind of meetings are you attending? Yeah, these, this is the Game of Thrones meetings. And so I think what Viserys does a good job here, I suspect does a good job here, is that he gives Otto enough confidence to know, like, I'm not going to kill you or your daughter or your grandkids over this. But you just can't be my hand anymore. So I, I think he does a good job keeping the fallout measured. Otto seems like a smart man. I think Otto's going to read that measured response and be measured in turn. I don't think Otto walks out of that room thinking it's me or him. I think Otto thinks he can walk away peacefully. Yeah. And I think that if Otto hadn't run out of his bedroom to the king's room to tell him the news and thought for a second about his positioning and all of this and how ambitious it looks for him to run in there to take down the princess instead of waiting for the shoe to drop and helping the king clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then he then he could have gotten what he wanted. He could have had a chance to take the power for his grandson in a way that didn't look like he was the perpetrator. And in this oh. case, it looked like completely like he was overplaying his hand, yeah. um, in my opinion. Make it look like more like a unified front. Now that Rhaenyra got what she wanted, or at least something that she wanted which was Otto out, and she agreed to marry a Valerian. It seems like her and her father are on the same page now, finally, kind of, sort of. No, she, I don't think she knows what's next in the playbook. She's just basically told when she's not making the play. Hey, you you did that wrong, but nobody's telling her what the plays are. There's no way that she could possibly start following the damn rules because no one's telling her the damn rules until she's broken them. So that's what happened this episode, episode four, King of the Narrow Sea. What do you think is the biggest theme of this episode? <laughs> Imprisonment and loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this episode continues to push these characters away from one another. The king blames himself and is drowning in wine and pus. He strives to be this great prophetic king as his flesh eats away at itself. The queen is her father's pawn. She's alone, forced into a grieving man's pain, betrays her friend, is surrounded by people tending to her children factory, but she's in this cage <laughs> of duty as the queen, doing right by her father. But I do think she's slowly realizing her power as queen. Yeah. 
And then we've got the princess, who's just an explosion of teenage rebellion. She's entering her womanhood without a female role model. She's entering a life of ruling with nary a guide for how to rule. And she's constantly told she can't do anything the right way. It's isolating. The ma- and the major rejection from Damon, she's learning just to trust no one. Do you think that even characters like Kristen Cole can't fill this void that Rhaenyra in particular has? Because she seems to get along with him and talk to him well, but then it seems like she uses him. Do you think that even her friendship, the one thing that may, the one person she may have been able to trust, at least she trusts him with her life or has to trust him with her life. Do you think she's ruined that relationship now too? I think they were friends of a convenience. You know, they were just spent so much time together. So they were communicative. They had shared experiences. So I don't know that that friendship is even one that she could have counted on, but I certainly don't think it is now. I I definitely don't know how this continues. Uh, It either continues as a tryst and he continues to risk his life or he's moved off of her service and is mad at her forever. We talked a little bit earlier about whispers and there doesn't seem like we have an official one at this moment, but right. Masari is uh, dealing with some information. Otto's dealing with some information uh, just to kind of level set us where we're at in time. We had Tiana of the tower. She was the mas- mistress of whispers for King Magor the cruel. Uh, Magor the cruel is the king before Jaehaerys. And he's the fucking worst. <laughs> so she was one of his six wives. She was the mistress of whispers. He's the one that built those tunnels, right? Yes. Yes, he is. That's right. So she was the mistress of whispers. She tortured people, including several queens and claimants to the throne. Uh, she poisoned some of his other wives during their pregnancies to fuck up their babies uh, because she couldn't have one herself. And then when he found this out, he threw her to the dogs. And and so that's how our first Masters of Whispers went. Now, over the next few years, as we're watching House of the Dragon, the books tell us there may be some more Masters of Whispers coming. Uh, but we're going to we're not going to talk about that right now. But we do have another famous one, Nicole, in Sir Brendan Rivers. But most people don't know him by that name. Better known as Blood Raven was a bastard for Aegon for the Unworthy and Lady Melissa Blackwood. Even though he was a Targaryen bastard, his mother was highborn, which allowed him to rise in the ranks in King's Landing. And his nickname was because he was an albino and had red eyes and a reddish birthmark on his face that kind of looked like a flying raven. That's someone trying too hard. No one looks, no one's ever looked at a blob on someone's face and been like, it looks like a flying raven. That's way too specific. He's a major player in the Blackfire Rebellion, a succession crisis of bastard Targaryen claimants that takes place about 90 years after House of the Dragon's current storyline. Bloodraven got into a lot of shit and maybe killed a king, which got him sent to the Wall, where he became a famed Lord Commander. In the novel A Dance with Dragons, Bran discovers that Bloodraven is still alive at the age of 120, living inside a cave beyond the Wall. And he also may be secretly trying to control the events of the entire series through the tree internet. Then we get our boy, Lord Varys. Uh, so Lord Varys works for Aww. King Aerys II, the Mad King. Uh, Bobby B. Bobby B. Uh, Joffrey, the little shit, who recently got married. Congratulations, the actor who plays Joffrey. Uh, he recently got married. Wait, Joffrey, is he officially King Joffrey? 
The little shit? The little shit. That's what, yeah, he's referred to as. Not Joffrey one. Uh, the little okay. shit, first of his name. Lord Varys is a spy master that we all know and love. He's the master of whispers uh, for the entire run. In the books. Yeah, in yeah. the books. He was born as a slave in the free cities, which sounds counterintuitive. Um, <laughs> and his slaver used blood magic to torture him and make him a eunuch. When the Mad King was being more mad and losing his mind, uh, Varys already had a spy network and was brought in as a foreigner because the paranoid king trusted Varys more than his own lords, which guess what? We're seeing very similar now with Viserys, not trusting his own advisors. And Varys did some really cool spy shit throughout uh, what we know. So he got Jorah Mormont to spy on Danny and feed her info uh, to Bobby B. He told Ned that someone poisoned John Aaron, that Cersei was trying to kill Bobby B. And then he he kind of helped Ned get killed, even though he kept saying he was trying to help. But like he kept showing up in that dungeon, never once took off like his cuffs, like just gave him some water, could have easily swung open a gate. He helped Tyrion hide Shay until trial, in which case he bragged about helping him hide her. Uh, and then he kind of helped Tyrion escape. And depending on what you believe about Fagon, which we've talked about before, fake Aegon, uh, he may have also helped sneak a Targaryen out out of the King's Landing during the sacking during Robert's Rebellion. And now his plan in the books is to wed Danny to fake Aegon, who Varys obviously thinks is real Aegon. He's trying to marry them and then bring them back to Westeros and take over. So a lot of hype, a lot of hype here with Varys. And Varys also had his little birds in the books uh, kill Kevin Lannister. Uh, who at the time was the Hand of the King and uh, King Regent. Why do the Lannisters are the only ones that have like modern names? It's like Rhaenyra, Rhaenys, Viserys, John, Bill, Fred. Fred Lannister feels like he would be the wacky neighbor who then gets his own spinoff show for three seasons, directed by Norman Lear. The oldest of the Mannings. And th there is still one more, though, Master of Whispers, and that is Kyburn. Oh, the worst. I think he's he's the cruelest. Yeah. Kyburn the cruel. <laughs> Kyburn used to be a maester, and after Tommen took the throne, he replaced Varys, who none of the Lannisters trusted anymore. Fair enough. Yeah, good call. Kyburn studied at the Citadel and apparently got kicked out for doing necromancy. What the fuck is that? Dead Mancy. <laughs> Kyburn helped Cersei prep Tywin's body for a funeral. And then goes on to hide lots of bodies for her and potentially make a Fran Frankenstein out of the mountain Yeah, for her. So that was one way to bring the guy back. So the master of... Uh, but he also, like, didn't he, like, get children killed? I feel like that happened at one point. He, like, fed them all poison or something. No, so he used Avaris's old little birds to kill... The maester. Oh, yeah, the maester. Yeah, they all just like stabbed him. Oh, God, that was awful. We I think that scene was was repurposed uh, from the books, which was the ones killing killing Kevin Lannister. They repurposed that scene with Quiburn having them kill. What about Chad Lannister? Let's let's do a uh, let's do a little side talk on Chad. Good old Chad Lannister. So I went on a little deep dive, Nicole, about Master of Whispers. And what I wanted to find out is, was okay. there a real Master of Whispers in the Middle Ages? Uh, so the answer is yes and no. So first off, there was no official title for Master of Whispers. Uh, there was usually a spy master. 
at various times throughout history who handled the spies. But James the, Bond. No. So James Bond would be a spy, not a spy master. Oh. Ancient M. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I did find someone who fits the bill pretty well and historically is considered like the master spy master. Uh, and some texts do refer to him as the master of whispers. So Francis Walsingham uh, was a spy master for Queen Elizabeth I of England. So this is in the 16th century. His staff included a cryptographer who was an expert in deciphering letters and forgery. Then he had another guy on his staff who was skilled at breaking and repairing seals of letters without detection. Francis Walsingham protected Queen Elizabeth. He had several people tortured to elicit confessions out of them uh, that they were working against her. At one point, he began conspiring against Mary, Queen of Scots, because he hated the Catholics. And what he did is she was afraid that he was looking at her letters. So she was able to get a false bottom beer keg that she could put her letters in. Ah, ah, ah. He didn't say the magic word. <laughs> Little did she know this was his fucking idea. So he was getting all of her letters. When she ultimately went to trial for treason against Queen Elizabeth, when they presented the evidence against her, Mary, Queen of Scots, broke down, pointed at Walsingham and said, all of this is the work of Monsieur de Walsingham for my destruction. So she called him out by name, to which he replied, God is my witness that as a private person, I have done nothing unworthy of an honest man and as secretary of state, nothing unbefitting my duty. So without admitting that he like attacked her, he's basically saying, well, I didn't do it as a man. I did it as for my government. Yes, bitch. And he had people he referred to as as intelligencers. And he had an extensive foreign network of this similar to Varys. Uh, he was one of the first people to actually have a network outside of the kingdom. Um, and one of his big hurrahs was at one point, the Spanish were planning a, a a secret naval attack, and he was able to find out about it and prepare the Navy for it. And the British naval commander, after they repelled the Spanish, said to Francis Walsingham, quote, you have fought more with your pen than many have in our English Navy fought with their enemies. Jeez. Yeah. So that's that's Francis Walsingham. Uh, so. Having a spy master throughout history is something England did, but he kind of has the biggest run for your money in terms of you read what he did and you're like, this guy was the Varus of, of the real life. Uh, so shout out to Francis Walsingham. Uh, you did some good work. For the monarchy. For the monarchy, for Queen Elizabeth and for uh, the Church of England. If you were a Catholic, you probably were not a fan of Francis Walsingham, who is actively working against you in your church. Or Scott. Yeah, or Scott. Or Scott Lannister. Scott Land Lannister. Good old Scott <laughs> Lannister. <laughs> okay, it's time for the lightning round, David. Our producer has prepared some questions about the episode based on the hottest Twitter and Reddit thread so far this week. So, the Red Keep is looking pretty gross these days. Rats, body parts, secret sex passageways. <laughs> you just moved in. What's the worst part of living there? They had a lot of dragon-headed fireball things. Lanterns that would spew fire. I can't walk around my living room without bumping a knee off a coffee table. <laughs> so I'm getting set on fire three to four times a day <laughs> in King's Landing. Yeah. Because I'm not expecting fireballs to shoot out of lanterns. Um, how about you? The noise. <laughs> freaking hands down there's no way i could live with all of that 
kerfuffle happening outside. It was quite a kerfuffle. I think you're right. It looked like a kerfuffle out there in the city. Uh, up next. <laughs> you just like saying that. Did Damon know whose ship that he and his dragon nearly fucked into fucking tipped over? Oh, that was a strong, playful tap. <laughs> I don't think he knew who it was, but I don't think he would do that to his brother yet at that point. So I, but I, I almost think he was like watching Rhaenyra. Like, cause mm. he came back right when she was coming back. She wasn't scheduled to come back yet. I don't think he would have done it if she wasn't. I think he was watching her waiting for her to head back and took a good guess that that was her ship after her suitor tour. Yeah. I don't, I agree with you. I don't think he knew who was on it. But I do think he sees a ship with Targaryen sails and he's like, well, let me fuck with it a little bit. I can get away with it. All right. So which play did we like more? The Game of Thrones play about Bobby being killed or the play about the current succession crisis? The one in Bravos that Arya witnessed had boars, had nudity, had a dwarf. Class act. We also had like backstage passes. Yeah. We got to know the characters. Yeah, I, I, I got to go with that one. The, this one was fine, but yeah, same with Otto Hightower now hitting the unemployment market. He's updating his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Who's the next hand of the king? Because Viserys has that little ring around his name that says we're hiring. <laughs> it would seem the king doesn't have a lot of people that he could trust that aren't driven by self-interest. But I think it would be interesting with the marriage to Lenor to see Rhaenys oh. as the hand and this is the same reason that I'm not so sure outing Otto is the best idea. You need to keep your enemies closer. Ooh, I tell you what, I I will jump in with the same family, but I don't think Renice. I think Corliss might be a good option. Oh, interesting. He's got to make an appeal to Corliss. And maybe this is his way of bringing him back to the fold. Like, listen, let's get our kids get married. Because I assume part of them getting married has to be that he brings Corliss back onto the council. Back in. And he was master of ships, uh, but maybe he gives him a bump mm -hmm. and and moves him up in the world. Okay. All right, David. It's weird because I didn't even notice this. On a scale of one to ten, rate the dong in this episode. Yeah, we did see. Because I didn't even notice. You didn't even notice. Nope. Yeah, we had some, some dong in the orgy scene. I would rate the dong a three. All I can keep seeing is Kristen Cole's chest. Kristen, oh, Kristen Cole's Sweaty. chest. Sweaty sexily hairy little necklace happening i mean that's all i can see again my dong i don't need it show me your chest <laughs> it was a, a little bit of a dong we got to see briefly in the scene but again it's it's casual casual dong casual dong yeah so a three but i didn't expect much more that's all right it's a it's a it's like it's like walking from the bathroom to the bedroom yeah a little casual dong casual dong no need to dress it up uh Next question. The hour of the owl is upon us. You're Rhaenyra and you can take anyone in the house of the dragon to your bed. Kristen Cole. Who are you taking? Kristen Cole. Maybe break bones. Kristen Cole. Yeah, you're you're into this. You you like this Cole. I really like that scene. Oh, OK. I, I He's not the hottest guy on the show, but that scene was hot. Who are you taking? If I'm Rhaenyra. I'm taking Allison because I think they're the two that that love each other. Yeah, I think that's the. Yeah. You, so that's really funny that you say that when we saw the scenes from last or next week for this week, last week, 
<laughs> um, it was like a hand on the wall and another hand you couldn't really see. It was really quick. And it was like, that's a vile accusation. And I was like, oh, did she sleep with Allison? Like, no. you know, like, so that was definitely in, in my realm of possibility for what she was being accused of. I don't want that scene either, though, because now I got two girls who they're both playing as fucking teenagers. <laughs> I need some old broads on this show to be naked. A little Elena really get your gears going. That would be dude. Uh, Elena was a good looking fucking. You want to see a good looking woman. Next question. Which is the easier plan B option? 2 a.m. CVS drive through or Westeros Maester Tea? I do appreciate that the maester said he made a special blend. He made it himself to make sure that it was in the right balance because too little, she may not get sick, but also it may not work too much. It could fuck her up permanently. So I do appreciate that the maester took care to make sure the right dosage. Not everyone reads the proper dosage when they're swinging by a CVS at the hour of the owl. It makes me wonder why Emma even told King Viserys they would stop trying. She could just tee it up after every session. Oof. Well, I I think it's it's no more. Babes. I think she's going to have some some reaction to it. I don't think it's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah. All right, our heir of the episode is it Rhaenyra, Damon, or fat little baby Aegon? Whose side are you on? I'm still compelled to follow the bloodline and named heir. So still Princess Rhaenyra, but I'll be honest, her publicist is working hard to keep her <laughs> as the right person to rule because she certainly isn't getting any guidance, at least not consistently. Yeah, I'm team Rhaenyra. Mm -hmm. I would be having my doubts, though, <laughs> like King Viserys. She's not shown a single fucking sign of having any clue how to be queen. I mean, I don't have to have dreams of crowns. And dragons rising in unison to know that she fucks up at every single opportunity that she can. Now, the Cyrus doesn't know all of this. He doesn't know everything she's done. But Rhaenyra is doing her best to show me that she is not growing into the role of queen. Whereas Alicent is showing me that she's growing into the role. Mm -hmm. Still team Rhaenyra because I gave my word, because I bent the knee. House David... Is, is still aligned, but not happy. So what are you looking forward to most for next week? Yeah, so the episode's called We Light the Way, and the trailer got me hyped. Seems very dramatic. It seems, again, more intrigue and danger around King's Landing, at least. For me, fuck dragons. Horsies are dangerous. Someone looks like they fall off a horse. <laughs> and that shit, that, oh. that shit took down Superman. So that is no fucking joke. You mean before Allison? I don't. Is it Allison like that falls Allison off? Allison sees this from her window. Yeah, yeah. It no, looks like someone falls off. Is that okay? No, no. It. I do a slow mo. Viserys collapses <gasps> as he's getting either into or out of the carriage. Oh. Like the royal carriage. So Viserys collapses. That's what she sees. Oh well, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Then I want to see what what what's happened with old King Scabby. <laughs> What about you? What are you hyped about? Yes. So is he drunk? Is he sick? We don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so it looks like the Lannisters are party crashers. They don't like the idea of Princess Rhaenyra getting with Lanor. So it would seem. Um, and and uh, I'm also looking forward to Queen Alicent. I wonder 
if she's pissed, she, you know, she's crying pretty hard in the rain there as her father leaves. So is she going to be pissed at Rhaenyra for pushing him out? Or will she be glad to be rid of like the, the, the pressure, the constant pressure to do her duty, do her duty. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, That wraps us up. Uh, Please join us again next week as we look at episode five, which is called We Light the Way. Please check out our Twitter feed at It's Not TV Pod for further details about our podcast and to connect with our community. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. A very special thank you to our producer, Matt Malone. It's Not TV is a production of Bruit Media. We wish you good fortune in the pods to come. And her last conversation with her mother, she hasn't had a mother. What the fuck is a mutter? Hello, mutter. Hello, fada. Ugatsa. Do not use that. <laughs>